Hello beautiful and welcome to Finding Fertility. I'm your host Monica Cox from FindingFertility.co and I created this podcast to help get you to start thinking outside of the box and realize that your infertility might have nothing to do with your lady bits. Rooted in functional medicine and personal experience, finding fertility is all about looking at the whole body and finding the root cause of your infertility. Finding fertility does not diagnose, prescribe, or treat any issues of infertility, but what we do is take a holistic approach and improve your diet and your lifestyle to get you steps closer to creating your dream family. Just by being here with me, listening to this podcast, you're already going down the right path to making your dreams come true. Let's do this together. Happy Friday, all. Welcome back to another episode of Finding Fertility. I'm your host, Monica Cox, and I'm here with Victoria Shaw. I'm super, super excited to have you on. So welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, I just want to give our listeners a little bit of a background of how we got connected. Um, You put in a Facebook group for podcasters like looking for guests and um, I just reached out talking about how I wanted to get a little bit more woo woo and tap in with my spirit guides. And your spirit guides kept knocking on your door going, get get her on, get her on. Yeah, because I had a lot of people say yes and I was sort of overwhelmed and um, but your name just didn't go away. Yeah. And um, I think we reconnected a few weeks later and you're like, when can you record? I was like, right now. (laughs) And it just like happened. Right. And um, from a personal experience for me, it was very overwhelming um, in a very good way. But um, (laughs) um, I told my friends, I thought you were just really going to say, you know, your grandma Zuma loves you. She's really proud of you. And it completely wasn't that. Um, So it was an amazing experience and it has really helped me move forward with my journey and where I want to go. So thank you for that. But tell us a little bit about your background and who you are. Absolutely. So my background in training, my first career was as an academic psychologist. So I was fascinated by things like how do people reason and how do people remember things and and even the bigger questions like what is consciousness? Um, And I pursued a PhD. I I had an undergraduate degree in philosophy and psychology. I, I earned my PhD in cognitive psychology. And um, when I got to the end of that journey, what um, I realized I had a PhD in psychology. It was all great, um, but my passion was gone. My passion was gone. And I, I realized now what was missing. At the time, I didn't really know. I just knew that those big questions and those big things that I was passionate about for me were not things that could be answered in the lab. And um, so I said, well, you know, this is not the kind of career that one pursues if one's not passionate about it, because uh, being an academic at the level that I was at, I was at an Ivy League. Um, you know, it's it's sort of like being in the MBA. Like you, you have to give it everything. You have to go where the jobs are. Like it's 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 high level stuff. Um, and I didn't love it. And so I took some time off and I started my family and I did some writing and some other projects, but the whispers, I think that brought me into that first career, they didn't go away. And I kept having this sense that there was something I was supposed to be doing. And yet I didn't know what it was. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was through the journey of my kids and there they, um, I, I'd gotten a midwife um, 
because, um, well, I don't want to get too graphic on the podcast, but I heard that they do this little snippy thing, you know, the traditional doctors when you're giving birth and I didn't want one of those. And so someone said, you should get a midwife. So I got a midwife. So that was my first, like out of the box stop. Um, and the midwife, after I had my child said, this is the best pediatrician, all the midwives go to him. And he was amazing. And he was a doctor that listened, which was an experience I hadn't had before. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was also really out of the box. So he, you know, would my the first time my kid had a cold, he sent us to a cranial sacral therapist. Um, it was like the best thing ever. She worked on, I had a cold too, and she worked on me. I was like, this is amazing. And, you know, acupuncturist, which was out of the box for me at the time. And mm-hmm. then medical intuitives. And then, you know, it just kept getting weirder and weirder. And two things happened. Number one, I was exposed to this whole world of alternative treatments and, you know, getting increasingly woo and it was working and it was helping and it was mind blowingly accurate. And the second thing that kept happening is all of these people, the astrologers and the medical intuitives and the intuitive intuitives and the psychics and the mediums and all these weird people that I was now interfacing with all came back to me and said, Victoria, you're so intuitive. What are you going to do with it? And, you know, it took some time for me to put A and B together and realize, oh, wait, that's what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, But the moment I took that first intuition development class and and made that commitment, everything about my life changed for the better. And um, that's what I do now. I help other people connect with their inner wisdom because we all have it. And I use my own unique gifts because we all have those too, to help people navigate their lives from more of a soul-based perspective. So see things from that higher, higher vantage point so that they can activate their own inner gifts. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, did you know anything about intuition or did you feel anything about intuition before you got into the woo-woo stuff? Like when you look back at your, like, let's say previous life, do you see elements of it or was it like completely blind? So I don't think I had a, a, clear frame of reference for understanding it. But there were some things about my life that I knew. For one thing, I was always told that I was very insightful. And it would be surprising to me, but I would say something and people would be like, whoa, that's like so insightful for a seven-year-old. Or, you know, I wrote a series of papers in high school. I went to a very alternative high school where I kind of got to do whatever I wanted. And I wrote a series of papers that my English teacher and the director of our school went crazy about. And uh, one was on Dante's Inferno, it was on Dante, the other was on Kafka. But what I realized that I was doing now when I look back is I was reading them. I was using my intuition and they were biographies, but I was tuning into their energy, right? Now, I I would not have known that's what I was doing. I just, I had an idea, I went with it. But so I can look back now and see all these places where my intuition was active in my life. I also knew as as a child, whenever, and and as a young adult, whenever anything really quote unquote good happened to me, it always just seemed to appear. It seemed to come like into my lap. And I learned to trust that. I learned to trust that like magical things will happen. You don't have to like really, I mean, I, I forced and pushed in a lot of places in my life too, but the really good stuff would just kind of line up. And I think that too was just a way of my understanding and appreciating that divine guidance that we all have. So I was always, into, I was also an empath. So empaths are people that feel what other people are feeling, like mm-hmm. it happens to them. So that, that was a little bit of a, a challenge for me because one of the things that I needed to learn to do was to have good energetic boundaries, stay in my own lane and not get weighted down by all the emotions and suffering and pains and, you know, of others. Yeah. Um, 
so that, and part of my journey and awakening my intuition and getting clearer was letting go of a lot of that, that, you know, emotional and psychic garbage, which, but, um, so yes, I think I was always highly intuitive. I didn't know what it was called. Sometimes I tapped into it. Sometimes I didn't. Um, but once I became more intentional about it, it just becomes a much more powerful tool. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, a big part of my coaching is helping women tap into that intuition. And, um, I just, I don't really have any like, uh, formal training or anything, but, uh, just my own experience is like really just about like, and I know you're going to give us much more tips about this, but I help women say like, just slow down, you know, slow down and really, try to take away those external things and the things that um, you um, want to happen or you, um, yeah, um, I'm I'm losing the word that I'm trying to reach for and really listen. If those things were gone, what would your answer be? Right. And, um, you know, I know for me in my own journey, when, and I, the same as you, like I, knew that I had these unique abilities to kind of really feel out the room, really feel out the situation, but I didn't know to trust or to follow it. So every time I didn't follow it, there was a lot more heartache. There was a lot more financial burden. There was a lot more time that I had to go through certain things to get to what I knew was right in the first place. And, um, I don't know if it was the universe going, okay, well, we tried to tell you, so here's some lessons for you to learn. So maybe you'll listen next time. Um, But what, when you work with someone, or I know you have a really amazing online um, program, what's kind of the first step for women who want to tap into these things? Hold on, my apologies. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I I love so much of what you said. It is getting quiet. It is stilling the mind that helps us tap in. I think the first step when I teach people to really connect with their intuition is to, is to set the intention to do it. Like intention is really powerful. So the minute you say like, you know what, I want to live a more intuitively guided life. You are setting things in motion to start to live that reality. So that's really the first step. And you know what, I'm going to actually backtrack because you said something else and I apologize. My my mind wandered there. You go, you go with it. Okay. You were talking about, because this is so powerful. You were talking about all those times when you have a hunch, you have an intuitive nudge and you don't listen to it. And then you find out, oh my gosh, right? I should have listened to that. Those things are not punishments, my friends. Okay. That's validation. That's validation that your intuition was working just fine. And, you know, be kind to yourself because we're not taught to listen to that voice. We're actually taught to ignore that voice. We are taught that voice is not valuable. Listen to your brain, listen to what other people say, listen Mm -hmm. to what the people in the white coats say, or the authorities say, or your parents say, don't listen to your own inclinations and your own intuition. So all of our conditioning takes us away from that. Right. So first of all, it's a testament that you hear it at all, which is great. And then you have this great validation that, oh, that was my intuition. And I know because I'm, and I'm going to remember because I didn't listen to it and I had this outcome. Mm -hmm. Right. And so those are powerful moments. They're not punishment moments. They're not moments to take the, you know, the bat and whack yourself over the head. I don't recommend that. They're moments to celebrate and they're moments to say, okay, I'm starting to learn what it 
feels like. And I'm, I'm starting to build that relationship so I can trust it more. Yeah. And intuition development is really about building that relationship with something that's happening all the time. Your intuition is, is happening all the time. You're always getting that information and it's about building that relationship so that you can listen more deeply, that you can hear it, that you can discern it from all the noise. And also of course, so that you can trust it and follow it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in your personal opinion or belief, what is this intuition? Ah, so the way that I understand it, and you don't have to go woo to get there, but it's the way I like to do it. Um, I believe that we are all spiritual beings having a human experience. And when we come to earth and when we put on this human cloak, right, we forget a lot about our essential nature. And that's kind of how it's supposed to work. And so you put this blindfold on and you're navigating this obstacle course and right. And you've forgotten a lot of what your higher self, right. That wise divine part of yourself knows your intuition is your connection back to your spirit, back to your soul. And it never goes away. Everybody has it because we are all spiritual beings having this human experience, but it's like that spiritual GPS system that keeps you on track and all aspects of your life. And intuition too, oftentimes, and this can be frustrating for people that are used to the mind and they're used to um, conscious and they're, they're used to needing to know everything now and having the complete answer. Intuition often works in these little dribbles and drabs and breadcrumbs, right? Because your higher self can't give it to you all at once because you are still exploring and learning here. And so we get these little nudges. We get these little hints. We don't always get the full picture. So connecting with your intuition too is an act of surrender. It's an act of letting go. It's an act of trust. And we follow each little nudge. And then as we're going along, we're like, oh, now it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, I love that you use the word surrender because that's a big thing that's been coming up and a big issue with fertility is that you want to be pregnant yesterday. Yeah. Right. And with all these medical treatments that we now have available to us, it is almost kind of sold as like, well, we can make this happen for you a lot quicker. Just go through these processes. And right. what's really missing for a lot of women is that surrender and not trying to force something that your physical body, because I always say you're a physical being right now on a physical earth that you have to play the game. Right. Right. Like it's not you, you, no matter how like spiritual people become, I mean, maybe some, but um, you still have to like take care of your physical body. You still got to do those action steps to move and eat and sleep and do all the things that are really going to support you. And I think to have a better, higher experience as well, because right. you don't have that brain fog. You're not sick in bed. You can just focus on being present and being alive and having those experiences. Um, but a lot of people just want to push. I mean, and especially in this society, right? It's like um, instant access to everything. So why can't I be pregnant tomorrow with this? And when you tap into the spiritual side of things, you do soon realize like, okay, this is going to be a journey. I'll pack my bag and walk slowly along with you. <laughs> right. I mean, it doesn't have to be hard. And I've seen people get instantaneous results with all sorts of things, but just not in the way that we think. Yeah. Right? We think if we push, if we 
you know, if we, we give our power away to other things, right? If I take this medicine, if I follow this diet, if I do this thing, that will solve the problem rather Mm -hmm. than holding ourselves with love wherever we're at, honoring wherever we find ourselves in the journey with great love for ourselves. And if you can muster great love for the journey as well, that's when things tend to flow. And that's also when we tend to hear the guidance, which will show us what the path forward is, you know, and, and how to get there. A lot of times people, again, we look at externals. We want someone to fix the problem for us. We want the 10 steps to get there. We want someone else to promise that they will take our hand and they will make it happen. And I love optimistic medicine. So I really love it when doctors say, I can get this done for you because I believe in the law of attraction, which is this idea that we create our reality based on what we believe is possible. And so I'm not a fan of medical people that come out and say, this is going to be a hard journey and you may not get there. And, you know, at your age is not going to happen. We, we don't need that conditioning. It's, yeah. it's you know, so and that's I'm a, all about optimism and encouragement. Yeah. And I would say for a large majority of people dealing with infertility, that's what they get told. They get a diagnosis. Yeah. And especially if you're over like 38, oh my goodness, the way the doctors right. put the fear in these women that that's it, you're done like do IVF, right? Don't right. do anything else. And I, I try to encourage my clients who are over 40. I'm like, you're already 40. Like it happened. <laughs> like, right. not, it's not going to get any worse from here. It's going to take you 10 years to get to 50. So let's just use this time wisely instead yeah. of pushing ourselves. Yeah. A lot of our world is fear-based. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, everything's around fear. And I think sometimes doctors inadvertently um, and sometimes, per, you know, purposefully, but I think it's mostly just how the system works and how they're yeah. trained. And I don't think there's any maliciousness, but I think a lot of times, you know, we justify our existence based on fear, right? We sell things by fear. If you don't follow this protocol, you will not get what you want, or you mm-hmm. will, if you know, if it's cancer, you will die, you know? And again, it takes us out of our intuition. And intuition is really surprising too, because sometimes intuition is going to say, do the IVF, you know, (laughs) like your intuition is going to help, you know, the fastest way to get there. Sometimes the intuition is going to say, and this is a hard one. This isn't meant to be for you in this body, right? Because sometimes it's not, again, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that to someone most likely I'm all about optimism, but we we have life paths and some, and sometimes we choose to learn in different ways. Mm -hmm. And sometimes our ego, which is our smaller sense of self will have a plan about how we think things should be. And our soul has a different one. And so sometimes we have to make peace with what is sometimes we have to make peace with what is to get back on track to what we want. So it's complicated. Life is, is a complicated undertaking, but your intuition is with you every step of the way to help you navigate. And it will help you navigate in surprising ways. And it will help you navigate in ways that like, I promise you, your brain could not ever conceive of. Yeah. In a good way. Yeah. And I think that's just the hardest part, right? Like I know in my journey, Um, I got to a point where it was over five years. I had never seen a positive pregnancy test and I, I, I surrendered not knowing that that's what I was doing, but I was just like, okay, this journey is now only about making myself proud and be able to look back and never wonder what if, so if I walk away with a child or without a child, it doesn't matter anymore because now it's really just about being healthy, being happy being alive because I've, I lived so many years 
it wasn't working, right? Like right. holding on and grasping and doing the IVF, like it wasn't working. So I had to pivot. And that was one of the pivots that I made of just like, okay, I'm still going to be in pursuit of this, but it's not going to be my main focus. Right. And, but that's really hard for women. Absolutely. And it's hard to, because you want something so bad mm-hmm. and you're so focused on not having it. And from a law of attraction standpoint, when you're focused on not having something, you're actually sending out the energy of, I don't have this. Mm -hmm. So it's harder for the universe to come back and give it to you. But it's also a powerful opportunity for self-love, for self-acceptance, which is what we're actually here to learn. So you can use that to say, all right, this is hard. This is challenging. Like, you know, maybe even devastating. Let me sit with that. Let me love myself through it. Let me honor that. Then let me start to listen to the whispers of my soul again so I can get back on track. Let me focus on where is, you know, the goodness flowing in my life right now so I can start to feel into that again, right? Maybe I'm I'm having trouble with this part of the journey, but I have a wonderful partner or a wonderful career yeah. um, or a desire to start running or, you know, feeding myself in a different way or caring for myself. And, you know, I'm all about physically caring for yourself is a beautiful thing. But I think the most important thing is how we emotionally care for ourselves and the love that we give to ourselves, the same steps, the same diet, the same exercise program, the same medical treatment can have a very different effect on your well-being depending on the energy with which you undertake it. Mm -hmm. And if you are going at it from a place of I'm broken, I need to be fixed, you know, I'm lazy, I need to be fixed. (laughs) It's very different than, wow, I want to, you know, I find that eating this much sugar, I don't feel good. And I feel really better when I eat a little less sugar and a little more fruit, you know, or whatever that is for you, you'll find that, you know, those are loving choices. And sometimes, you know, you'll be like, I really need a fudgicle right now. I don't know why, but that's what I need. I don't know why that popped into my brain. Maybe someone needs one. Um, I don't think I've had one of those. I know. But, um, (laughs) right. And then then sometimes that's exactly what, you know, you need and crave. So again, intuition will get you there. Um, but also it's, it comes from that place of self-love, right? Our, our soul, our higher self knows, knows nothing other than love and, and wants you to be reacquainted with that energy here in the here and now. Yeah. And I think that's a really hard thing for a lot of people to swallow is, and I know this was definitely true for me. I didn't have self-love and I didn't have self-worth and I didn't think that I didn't know that. Um, and you couldn't look at me and be like, oh my God, she's so sad and depressed. I was the party girl. I was the life of the party. I had lots of friends. And the truth of the matter, when I started digging, when I started digging into these things of like, well, why can't I, you know, not have a glass of wine? Why can't I, um, just change up my diet easily? It's like, well, do you love yourself enough to do it? Because that's like a sign, right? Like you, you love yourself enough. You think you're worthy enough to start treating yourself a certain way. And um, I know the mindset piece, I talk about it all the time, like is so important. And one thing that really pivoted in my journey, I was sat in my beautiful home in York, York, England, um, eating this beautiful organic meal. And I was pissed off. I was so mad at the world. And then I physically started laughing out loud at myself. Like, what are you mad about? Like, seriously, you have the money to buy this food. You have the time to make it. You have this beautiful home. You're not outside digging a ditch or living in poverty. 
really? You're really mad? And I guess I was like my intuition or my higher self having that conversation with me, like, come on, girl, wake up. Let's let's change this mindset, because if you keep this mindset, you're not going to be able to do this journey the way you want to do it. Right. And that was redirecting you to, again, to where things are flowing or where things are abundant or where things are working for you so that you can feel into that. And that gets the energy flowing again. It gets the energy flowing again. But so often we focus on where we're stuck and it's normal, Mm -hmm. you know, because you don't like to feel like, and you're never really stuck, but you focus on where you think you're stuck. And then you're just, you're, you're just basically, you know, when you have one a car and it's in a rut and you're trying to like get it out of the rut and, and the wheel is spinning and it's going deeper into the rut, that's the time to focus on something else, right? Mm-hmm. And and then you'll find the next thing you'll know, you'll be down the road 50 miles and you'll be like, I don't even know how I got here. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I look back at my life 10 years ago and I'm just a different person, right? What okay, so the first step is setting the intention. Yes. Um, what would be your second step for them? Notice where it's happening for you now. So notice those times, like you said before, when you have a hunch and you didn't listen and it turned out to be right. Don't beat yourself up. Notice it. You know, I often recommend start a journal if that's your thing, right? So you start to write down all the things in your life that you think were your intuition and all the little hunches that you have now. And you'll start to see patterns and you'll start to see that it's happening for you all the time. You'll start to understand how it speaks to you. Mm-hmm. And you'll start to see too, you know, what's the wishful thinking and the fearful thinking, those things that I was a hundred percent sure. And it, it didn't quite pan out that way. So you start to make that distinction. Mm-hmm. So paying attention is another big one and just noticing because it's, there's not a person on this planet that's not intuitive. It's happening all the time. Yeah. So you set the intention, you start to pay it, pay attention, intention, attention. And then, you know, you, you start to flow with it. You start to flow with it. You start to recognize how it speaks to you because everyone has an, their own unique relationship with their intuition. And sometimes people will come to me and they've done years of intuition development and they've read all the books and, you know, or they've, they've gone to see someone like me or another medium or And they want it to come through a particular way because, you know, that's how I saw you do it. I should have it that way. And so the next thing is you have to understand that it's different for all of us. Tune into your own unique gifts. The first class that I took was very visually oriented. All they wanted us to do was see, 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 like everything. And for me, that visual sense was the last one to kick in. I'm much more kinesthetic. I feel energy. I I, I feel it in my body. I hear things. Mm -hmm. I know things. And so it was a powerful step in that very first class for me to recognize, I can't, I can't do it this way. And they don't understand, they don't understand my language. And, you know, so I moved on and it's just, and I've also had people that will say I'm not intuitive because they don't recognize they're looking for something that someone else does. Mm -hmm. They don't recognize how it's working for them. So it's important to just start to pay attention to how those hunches are working for you. And, you know, it's good to know the different ways in which intuition often presents itself to people, the five clairs, right? Some people hear their guidance, like a calm, still voice in their head. Some people feel it in their body, like a sense of knowing or physical sensations, like a a knot in your stomach or an expansive feeling in your, in your chest, Mm -hmm. right? Some people do see things, they get imagery. Um, And so all these are valid, but I've seen gifts that are even beyond that, even beyond that. And so it's just starting to know how it's working for you. Yeah. 
And what would be your one tip on a physical element that you um, have seen success with your clients or, you know, just your community that they can easily implement to help that flow, right, of, of yes. that intuition? Learn to if there is your, one. <laughs> oh, yeah. Learn to still your mind. Okay. And that can be through meditation. I Yours truly, meditation has not been a huge part of my practice. And I don't really like it that much, even though it's one of those things I know I should do more and like flossing your teeth. Like when I do do it, I'm like so glad I did. Um, but it, ha it hasn't been necessary. Um, but I do spend a lot of time in nature. Uh, for yeah. me, walking is really important. Being near water is very important. I know sometimes people in the shower and the bath is a great time to hear their guidance. So whatever that works for you, stilling your mind, I did a lot of guided visualizations that really helped me. Mm -hmm. um, so stilling the mind really, really helps. Some people like to do like shamanic journeying is another way to get out of your mind and start to connect with your intuition. Um, so you'll find what works for you, but things that get you out of your head and into your body, into your soul, into the, into the now will help you hear your intuition more. And then it will just start to happen seamlessly. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And what I always preach is like, you got to find what works for you. You know, I think a lot of people have felt let down because they can't meditate or it's just not their thing. And they're like, well, I can't do it. And they literally just give up on everything. Right. And it's, yeah, like some people just go outside you know, yeah. and get away from the technology, I would say too, is just really disconnect yourself from that for a wide wow. part of your day. Um I know that is one of one of my big problems is like, I could probably steal my mind really easily, but oh, there's this and then there's this and then something happens, you know? Yeah. And it comes through to say too, that for your listeners, and this one's really interesting. I haven't shared this before, but that learn what a still mind feels like. Cause a lot of us mm -hmm. don't know, <laughs> a right? lot of us are so used to filling that space. Yeah. So yours truly spends way too much time on my phone. Um, and yet, you know, I, I talk to spirit guides for a living and I do quite well at it. Um, but I also, you know, and, and I'm not, I'm not advocating spending too much time on your phone, by the way, <laughs> that's, that's not the point. The point is that I also know what my mind feels like still, yeah. and I know how to get there when I mm -hmm. need to. It's easier, of course, when I'm doing a reading for someone else, sometimes when it's my stuff, you know, I need a little extra, extra tools to, to get it to quiet down, but it always comes. But, um, learn what it feels like to have that quiet mind. So that's where meditation comes in or being by nature, watching a sunset. Some people like floating tanks. I mean, there's a million ways. Mm -hmm. And once you start to get into the stillness and trust it and allow it and not feel like you have to fill it up with junk, um, mm -hmm. then you'll create that space and you'll be able to get there more readily. But the guides are saying too, most of my spirit guides, um, who are always helping me direct these conversations, they're saying too, they, they can get to you no matter what. Your intuition, your guidance can get to you no matter what. Sometimes, you know, I don't recommend this, but sometimes it's when you are totally overwhelmed. You're totally like, I'm done with all of this. You know, that's when the whisper comes in too, when you're just like so emotionally distraught that you just give up. That is another place in which we hear. Yeah. Our I don't well. recommend pursuing it that way. Um, I don't teach it that way, but it'll always get to you. So again, set that intention, start to listen. But if you want to set the conditions for it to happen more, learn to quiet your mind. Yeah. I mean, I'm a testament to the over-emotional intuition. I mean, I talked about it on your podcast and I will share that down in the show notes. Um, 
that when I was sat in the doctor's office and they told me that I had low A quality and there was nothing I can do about it. I mean, my intuition, that was probably the most powerful, like screaming down at me, like, no, do not listen to this. You don't know what you're going to do. I can't tell you what you're going to do, but it's BS and we're going to figure it out. You're going to figure it out. And I, you know, like being 30 years old, like told that that was it. There's nothing you can do is so emotional. Right. So I definitely believe that that can happen. And um, I'm glad I listened. Such a powerful (laughs) knowing within you, right. Yeah. Moment that this was not true for you Mm -hmm. and that you did not have to take that on. I mean, that's so powerful. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on. I can literally just sit here and talk to you for hours, but I'm going to let you get on with your day. Um, Let our listeners know, I know you have a really cool online course an intuition course. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So I have my online, it's a fully online self-paced class. It's a series of, I think, six videos. There's some meditations, there's some homework and some written stuff too. And it's all about those early steps that you can take to deepen your connection with your intuition. It's called activating your intuition. And it's really an encapsulation of my um, over a decade of, of teaching many, 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 many people how to connect with their inner wisdom. And I do live, well, I do live classes too here in San Diego uh, where I live. And I also do a lot of Zoom teachings too. Um, I'm launching a membership program in the fall with my podcast. So it's going to be um, following all the themes that we cover on the show, which is about connecting with your intuition. So a lot of intuition, spirituality, law of attraction, just living as your best and brightest self. And so we're going to go along with the material, with the guests that we have on the show, and then you'll have some opportunity for some one-on-one teaching with me. And um, so I'm really excited about that. That's going to be launching probably in October. And um, yeah. So those are, and I have a podcast as well. Can I share that? Yeah, of course. So my podcast is Intuitive Connection. And like I said, it's all about helping you to connect with the gifts of your soul. Yeah, it's an amazing podcast. I listen to it yeah. and I'm really glad that spirits led us to find each other because I don't really go on Facebook much. Um, so obviously it was meant to be. Um, and where's the best way to connect with you on the social media? Oh yeah. Did I should should I say my website too? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Okay. So my website is victoriashawintuitive.com. So my name intuitive.com. Uh on social media, I'm on Instagram. I'm at Victoria Shaw Intuitive. On Facebook, we have a wonderful community, intuitive connection community, um, where I do a lot of free teaching and occasionally I come on and do some group readings and it's just, it's a fun group and a lot of interaction and a lot of people, again, just really wanting to deepen that connection with their inner knowing. And I think my business page is Victoria Shaw Intuitive Counseling. Cool. I'll put all that into the show notes so people have a super easy access, but thank you once again for taking the time and being with us. I'm excited to connect with you in the future and um, thank you for sharing your wisdom. Oh, thank you for having me. This was really fun. Yeah. Thank you once again for tuning in to the Finding Fertility podcast. If you're loving this podcast, please leave us a rating and review and let us know how this podcast is supporting you to get steps closer to creating your dream family. I hope you have a beautiful weekend and we will see you next Friday for another episode of the Finding Fertility podcast.